Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Independent Thought. I am your host, Desmond Price. We are joined once again by our great friend of the podcast, Mr. Lloyd Ogden. Lloyd, thanks for coming back on the show. I am doing pretty good here. Um, I'm so happy to be here. You have literally one of the most legit podcasts, and I'm so excited. Like, man, I can't wait to get to like an actual audience. Uh, I've been talking to like nobody for the longest time. And so you have a real audience. The people listening to you are actually informed. Like, I'm happy to be here, man. Hey, man, we appreciate it. I appreciate you coming back on again. Uh, For those who don't know, Lloyd is the host of the Lip Service podcast, which he lets me frequent on occasionally. But I'm actually going to give you the chance to plug yourself really quick before we get started today. Lloyd, tell everyone about your podcast and where they can find you. Yeah, it's called it's called Lip Service Podcast. Um, I do it mostly live on Facebook. Uh, it also goes to YouTube and Twitch. You can find me on Twitch at Lloyd underscore Ogden, and YouTube is Lloyd Ogden, no underscore. Um, you actually might flip that around. I'm not really sure which one is which, but um, I don't really worry about that too much. Um, you can find the podcast called Lip Service Podcast. It will also be called the Sunday Service. It's really the Sunday Service. We're going to switch it to Sunday Service because... Uh, people like Desmond here. We got we got a uh, great ally, Courtney, uh, newcomer Holly, and we have our champion uh, Hunter. It's a good podcast. It really is. We have all we have all spectrum covered. It's really nice. We don't we don't we don't argue, but we really do get the points covered. So let us know if if, if you're into that stuff. Let me know. Lip service podcast, Sunday service podcast. Right. And for those who are listening right now, um, by the time you're listening to this, I will have links to where you can find his podcast in the episode notes. So just make sure to scroll up on the episode notes and you should be able to give some direct links to where you can find the podcast at. So Lloyd, today is uh, five days before the 2020 election. And well, that's when we're recording this anyway. Hopefully I'll get this out later tonight. And I am just trying to figure out what exactly is the final take before we wrap up this election season. For those who have been following me from the beginning here, I started this podcast in the beginning of 2020 uh, as kind of like a way to get my feelings out there about what I was seeing from the political spectrum for this election. Both sides have called it the most existential election in American history, which, to be fair, they say that every four years. But nonetheless, that is what they said. So I figured it was time to kind of get my feelings out there about this existential election. So five days out, what exactly are the closing arguments that are being made by the Democrats and by the Republicans, more specifically by Donald Trump and by Joe Biden? That's what we're going to talk about today, what exactly they're saying, and then we're also going to tell you what, how we feel about what they're saying and how we just feel overall about this election. So to start, I'm going to ask you, Lloyd, just specifically, what have been like your feelings about this election cycle? Like, have you felt like it was a normal election cycle? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Like, what were your like thoughts about what you've been seeing the last couple of months? I actually feel like it's pretty overrated, man, because um, if you look at 2016, I believe, there were so many ads. Yeah, same with this year. 
if you look at 2016, it's the most important ever. Yeah, same as this year. Like everything kind of seems the same, really. Like uh, besides, you know, there are some stats like Donald Trump is nowhere near the same candidate he was uh, in 2016. But um, I, I feel like this election is very overrated in the sense that people think it's so important or it's so historic when it really isn't. It's kind of like a generic election in the sense that we have two, you know, we have a very generic uh, Democrat, especially Joe Biden is nowhere near a progressive, hardly. He's just middle of the road. And then we have a very, um, uh, I, would, I would say that Donald Trump is, a, he's not your typical Republican because he's hardly even conservative, but like it's nowhere near the same, you know, uh, as like a civil war or, you know, he, uh, civil rights, women's voting. There have been uh, World War II, so many more elections that have been have been far more consequential. Even if Donald Trump wins four more years, it's just four more years. He will, he will, he won't be able to run again. Like he'll die, you know, or he'll, he, it'll be it. That'll be, that'll be the end of it. So I don't think this election is as important as people are making it out to be, but I do think that, um, uh, there's been like very, very polarized news. I mean, it's, it's been very unique in the sense that obviously we are the most internet focused generation ever. And like, I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, if you're a young person, this is a very unique election in the sense that it's just super, um, I don't know, inter internet based and we know about it and we know the candidates policies and we're able to Google them and we're able to watch the, the, the debates stream them and watch them and it's very unique in that sense but it overall i think it's just policy wise very generic election you know i'm gonna i'm gonna somewhat dis disagree with you on that one I, I i do agree with you to the fact that i don't think that there is anything really that's being brought up in this election that is substantially different than any other election or than any election that we'll probably see in the future. I mean, while all of these issues matter that these candidates are talking about, these same issues, for the most part, when you talk about trade, when you talk about foreign policy, environmental policy, abortion rights, gun rights, I mean, these issues will always be on every ballot. That much I agree with. We're not going to really see a whole lot of differences there going forward in our lifestyle or in our lifetime. Uh, the one difference that I will point to that I think is a little bit different is we've never had a president be a president like Donald Trump. And not even close. Not even, not close. even close. And I, I really feel like, and I've been saying this quietly to people in my own life. Um, you know, just here and there throughout casual conversations and conversations when the election comes up is that Donald Trump to me, you know, this whole election really is about him. Like typically an election is about both candidates. Do you want candidate A or candidate B? But I, I feel like this election is 100% a referendum on Donald Trump. Like Joe Biden might as well be a phantom. Like no one knows that he's really there. He's just there as the alternative to Donald Trump. But this election really comes down to, to me, is do you like Donald Trump or not? Because if you like him, then you're going to vote for him. And if you don't like him, you're going to vote against him. This is a popularity contest, unfortunately, because Trump has not spent a whole lot of time talking about what he wants to do in his second term. And Joe Biden doesn't really talk about anything he wants to do ever. So... I, I slightly disagree with you on that one, but, you know, I think one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is like, I've been spending some time here looking at specifically what Trump has been saying, like policy wise and what Biden has been saying policy wise. And I can't help but just 
be a little upset with the Democratic challenger, Joe Biden, because he spent so much time talking about how bad of a president Donald Trump is. But when you read through his Twitter timeline or you read through like, or when you like watch him in a video or hear him talk about what he wants to do, all he basically ever talks about is Donald Trump is bad. You know, do you think that's a good enough message to run on in an election like this? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it's gonna work probably, right? I really believe he's gonna win. So yes, I mean, like, that, that, that sort of shows that how pathetic this election really is because, you know, he really, like I said, he, he has no substance. There's been nothing, he, you know, there have been some policy, he has, uh, you know, some policy explanation. He's, he's done a much better job to me than Trump explaining some of the policy decisions, especially because he's been pressed more than, than Trump has because he is the newcomer. So, you know, with the new green new deal, he says, he says, he said, no, he's been very explicit, you know, with um, a couple of the policies he's been asked, but he's, he's been very explicit. So yes, I think like, that is enough to work like because he's probably going to win like yeah of course it's enough like it's, it's, it sounds terrible but like yeah like it sucks that we don't have two candidates that can really explain their policy decisions you know in a cogent and efficient manner that's just kind of what it is right now like i mean we had andrew yang we had beto o'rourke i mean we had like bill weld i mean we had so many candidates Kamala harris obviously she is Vice President Castro, Booker, uh, Inslee was running for there, right? The, the guy in uh, Washington. Obviously, had, uh, Elizabeth Warren. She had a Warren Sanders, right? Bloomberg. We had Klobuchar, Buttigieg. We had so many candidates, right? And obviously, we got Biden, who really doesn't have a strong stance on much of anything. He really, he's really been middle of the road. Like he's the kind of anti-progressive, progressive, right? And then we have Trump, who is sort of the anti-conservative, conservative. Trump has supported, you know so many um non-conservative policies he, he's he for big government he's for big military uh wall um spending in israel you know uh you name it right like uh, he signed all these all these uh covid bills like he's he's the anti-conservative conservative so like i said like it sucks that we have these three um candidates who are just really really not policy focused but like yeah it will be enough yeah absolutely man like one of them is going to win, and I think it's going to be Biden. And even if it's not Biden, Trump's still not very policy focused. So yeah, definitely, it's definitely enough to be very middle middle of the road because the one contender to uh, to Biden this year was Sanders, right? We thought we thought Sanders wouldn't get it, and he's very policy focused. He's very descriptive in his uh, policies. Didn't get it, so we decided to choose for someone who's very non-committal, middle of the road. And I think people want that. I think it's surprising to me, but yeah, that's what people want. So. You know what? You're you're making you're you're making a pretty a valid argument here because one of the things that I, I kind of want to clarify a little bit something here. I know that Joe Biden has been specific in certain instances where he has gone into detail about policies that he would implement if he were the president. The reason why I keep saying in this episode, in the previous episode, that he isn't focusing on specifics is because while in very limited instances, he's gone into certain details. The overall like tone of his of his platform comes through when you hear him the most. And where you hear him the most is in his advertising, when he's on Twitter, when he is debating, you know, 
Donald Trump. You're, that's when you're getting the most of his like engagement with people who are listening to him. And when he does have the most eyeballs on him, he gives the least amount of substance. And I feel like that is an issue. But apparently, as you're pointing out, it can't be too much of an issue because the people overwhelmingly chose him when they had the chance to pick who they wanted their nominee to be back in the primary process. I mean, I remember going right before Super Tuesday, back to my Super Tuesday episode that I did back in March, where I said that more than half the people in every single Super Tuesday state made up their mind just three days before the election. So obviously they weren't even paying attention to what was going on in the primary process as far as like who had what plan or what that even meant. They just kind of decided a few days before the election and they decided based on the idea that they thought that Joe Biden could beat Trump and that was good enough for most people. So- You know what's you know, crazy about that? Um, you know, any of the candidates outside of like Tulsi Gabbard, like outside of the very fringe candidates, could have beat Trump. I think I think he was polling um he was polling uh unfairly against pretty much everybody. So it's crazy to think that we picked Biden on that. Like that's wild. Like if that was your one reason for picking Biden to beat Trump, you could have picked anyone. Like you should have just flipped a coin or rolled the dice, right? Like you had no reason to pick Biden. That was just really silly to me. So I, I think that stands out because people intentionally pick Biden because he's the pretty much like, like, am I wrong? Like he's the most non-committal Democrat running this year. Like, but Bernie Sanders had a very clear and distinct vision for his, you know, his, his America, like, like, like socialized medicine, you know, he had very, very distinct plans. Um, Elizabeth Warren was kind of piggybacking on that a little bit, right? You had Kamala Harris. She had, she was even more specific, like Andrew Yang with the whole, uh, 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 What's UBI. Yeah, UBI yeah. And, and energy. He had very specific policies. Joe Biden, we had no freaking clue what he was going to do. I mean, now we do, like now, but when he was running, when he won the, when he won the seat uh, in the Democratic Party, we had no clue. We had, didn't have any idea what he was going to do. We just knew that he was, you know, Obama's vice president. So that clearly is what is what is wanted this election. We clearly want someone who's a return to normal. We don't want another extreme candidate. We don't want extreme policies. We don't even want new policies. We just want what's normal. Right. And, and that, so. you know, and that's honestly the question that I've been raising about, you know, what is the motive here for Trump? Because Biden, while I'm disappointed in his lack of, you know, just being more definitive about what he wants to do, President Trump has offered basically nothing other than fear-mongering. I have watched several of the man's rallies. I read his Twitter timeline. Good I, for you. <laughs> I see interviews that he's done. And the overall message that he loves to talk about is my economy was great. And then he talks about the fact that if Joe Biden becomes president, your life's going to end. Like people are going to spew in from every border that, you know, like you'll be taxed into oblivion, that they're going to take away everything you care about, that, you know, like they hate God. And that's why they don't say God's name. So I'll say God's name. And it's just like Trump has, I, I just feel like there is no, he's not giving people any definitive reason to vote for him other than I, you know, like, I will protect you. I will save you. They're here to like ruin everything you love about your life. I just don't understand how he pivoted to such a, to such a place when, when you look at him in 2016, as you alluded to earlier, he was a very different candidate. He was talking about trying to make America great through restoring 
you know, like uh, American manufacturing, about like giving people higher wages. He was talking about saving people's Medicare and Medicaid. And he has completely become a pure Republican. You know, he came into uh, office talking about how he wanted to change the culture of Washington. But by the time his first term has been up, he has become everything that he claimed to hate about Washington. Drain the swamp. Didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. And it's a shame that I feel bad for all the people who bought into that. Because I know people in my life who are Trump supporters who believe this man when he said that he was going to change things. And if you're honest with yourself, nothing has changed. I mean, honestly, if anything, any, everything's gotten worse, you know? And yep. it's amazing to me that he, you know, comes after Joe Biden for his son, Hunter Biden. You said you've done some research about this, about, um, about the Hunter Biden issues that are going on right now. Could you just tell me your, some of your feelings on the Hunter Biden scandal? Because absolutely can, yep. because Trump has done nothing but talk about this. I mean, I I watched his like surrogates go on some of my favorite news shows recently, and it seems like that's the only thing that they want to talk about in the final days before the election. And I'm just confused as to why they think that this issue is going to like help them get over the hump. I mean, I think they are buying into the hype of it. I think, I mean, like it sounds good on paper. If I were just to tell you as a human, human, like if we had a trusting relationship, I was like, hey man, um, your son is like a piece of crap and he's done all these bad things. You'd be like, oh man, this is crazy. But like, that is not how it works on a global stage, right? Like Joe Biden is not Hunter Biden. They're not attached. Like even if, even if Hunter Biden was the worst human in ever, it wouldn't matter. Like Joe Biden is not Hunter Biden. It's the same with Ivanka Trump. I remember when Ivanka Trump said something um, uh, when, when he was inaugurated or whatever, when he was, uh, I don't know if it was the inauguration speech or whatever, but he was, she was like mentioning about paid sick leave and paid maternity, maternity leave. Right. right. Like that. Some she mentioned. Did Those Trump are good things. No. Yeah, they're great. They're awesome. That's awesome. Is that what Trump did? No, it did. It wasn't even close. It never happened. Like that's, Ivanka, like Ivanka was president, it might have happened, but it's not. It's Trump. Trump is not Ivanka. They're not the same person. So Hunter Biden is not Joe Biden. Like maybe you can have some kind of reservations about the fact that they're attached, but like they're not the same person. So the Hunter Biden situation, honestly, guys, like let me, I'll break it down real quick, man, real fast. I'm trying to spend less than a minute on this because it's not great, man. Like it's just, it's a scam. It's it's a it's a it's a talking point that's just meant to be funny and frivolous, like. The same people who think that Hunter Biden is such a big story because Joe Biden won't answer questions about it are the same people who think it's okay for Trump to not release his taxes because it's, you know, not, not, not talk about it, right? Like, it's the same exact thing. It's just, just a t story to talk about before the election. It's no coincidence that um, it's right before the election. The story came out is April of 2019. That's when the laptop was turned in, apparently. And then the FBI got the laptop of December of 2019. So even if you take the latest date, that was what, a year ago almost, 10 months ago? There's no reason to talk about it. It's it, 10 months ago, come on, man. Like it's, if it was a real story, it would, have ha it would have been known. We would have known about it before Hunter Biden won the nomination, right? It's right. just a silly talking point. Um, obviously, I think that they, they know the writings on the wall. Trump is winning in all the polls, far greater than Hillary Clinton was. He's-, he's or yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Biden. Sorry, Biden is decimating Trump in polls, like way more than than Hillary Clinton was. Like I said, your polls are, are they always accurate? No, sure, believe that. But he's way up than where Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton was. And even if he wasn't, the polls are not always wrong. They're almost actually more accurate than they are non-accurate. Right? They're far more accurate than they are um, 
inaccurate, inaccurate, right? Right. So, like this Hunter Biden thing, man. Like, just take a deep breath, guys. Just breathe in, breathe out. Ignore it. If that's your reason for thinking Joe Biden is a bad president, like not his policies or not the fact that he was a vice president for eight years or a senator for forty years, like those are actual relevant things. This Hunter Biden thing, not relevant. Look away, man. Just take a deep breath. Focus on the real issues. Yeah, and just to kind of summarize it really quick, I'm sure that maybe some people aren't entirely familiar with the with the story. Um, apparently, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, uh, dropped off his laptop at a laptop repair place, which you know people do still in twenty in 2019 in Delaware. Yep, in Delaware, and apparently the guy who went to go fix his laptop was a blind man. He's blind. Um, yep, he was blind. And yep. apparently a blind man knows, I mean, was able to read on his laptop that he had some suspicious materials and yep. it makes somehow, total sense. And somehow the laptop was turned into Rudy Giuliani. Um, Weird how that's the next step, right? I somehow, but Rudy Giuliani, once he got it, he was able to find out that Hunter Biden was essentially trying to sell influence to other countries for money saying that if they would pay him that he would be able to help them get access to joe biden um so a bunch of people have said that this is unsubstantiated there's no real evidence to this this that and the other even tucker carlson you know claimed to have damning information about this but he conveniently lost the paper, the documents, he he lost the documents that could prove all of this. Crazy. Here's my like takeaway that I want to just give everyone about this particular issue, because I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. But, you know, in 2016, after the Access Hollywood tapes came out, as where Trump famously or infamously rather said, um, you know, grab her by the pussy type thing. He had to go up to, I believe it was, you know, the debate, a debate with Hillary Clinton right after that. And everyone thought that his candidacy was over, right? And so what did Donald Trump do in order to get around this issue? Well, he ended up bringing someone who accused Bill Clinton of, yeah. of sexually like, you know, harassing them and had that person sit in the front seat of the next debate. And so inevitably, when they would bring that up, he could be like, well, I just talked about it. Look what Bill actually did and pointed to the person who was in the front row of the debate which is kind of his way of saying that like, we're both terrible people, let's move on. Which is a strange thing for someone to do and then turn around and try to point at, you know, Joe Biden about being corrupt when, you know, Trump consistently makes money off of being in the White House by selling influence, you know, like as the president of the United States, he constantly has foreign leaders and diplomats and lobbyists stay at his hotels that get funded taxpayer dollars when they go visit, you know, the White House. I mean, just in 2018 alone, uh, the hotel that's in Washington, D.C. got paid $4 million of taxpayer money from foreign lobbyists that stayed in Washington, D.C. to visit the White House that year. 1.9 billion revenue during presidency. That's what he's made. According to Forbes, who is a conservative, uh, I mean, conservative leaning, very, very accurate. Forbes is very accurate, but con- conservative leaning, um, you know, source, right? 1.9 billion of revenue while president. That's what Trump's made. So my point I'm trying to, and thank you for that. That's that's just great. Just on the, on the spot fact checking here. Um, 
But the point that I'm trying to drive home is that like, if this is true, the Hunter Biden story, I don't know that it matters as much in this election as it would have mattered in the past because Trump himself has normalized corruption to such a degree that me as a person who would normally would have been very upset about this Hunter Biden story can't help but roll my eyes because I'm like thinking to myself, well, I'm like, well, Trump makes a bunch of money selling his influence. Who is he the one to like bring this up? Does he have any ground to stand on? I think not. So even if the Hunter Biden story is real, which we don't know that it is, but even if it's, it is it's real, it just cancels it out. It just cancels it out. They're both corrupt. Moving on. I think like really fast, I'll try to spend less than 40 seconds on this, right? Just some quick points. He said he's blind. He never even confirmed it was Hunter Biden. How does a blind man find the stuff on the laptop, right? Okay, he gave it to the FBI. The FBI never turned it in. Like, what did the FBI say about it? They've never said anything about it. The FBI is, they're not loud, but they're, they're, they definitely, you know when stuff is going on with the FBI, okay? Um, Trump is the president during the, he's the leader of the FBI. He's the controller of federal police nothing's happened from it. Like there's just so many Rudy Giuliani. He was the first uh, beside. So they went to Congress. They, they, he, the guy that had locked up sent to a bunch of congressmen, a con Congress, uh, what's the word for uh, Congress people. senators, congressmen. And they did no, no one did anything with it. Republican congressmen. Guess who denied the story? Fox news. Fox news denied the story. Right. I, I just presented you with like seven facts or five or whatever it was that just not make, they don't make sense. So again, if, you, if you're a Republican or a conservative-leaning person who thinks this story is anywhere near legitimate, look, roll the tape back about a minute and see. A ask the questions. Can you answer any of those five questions? They're not. They're just silly. It's, just a, it's, a, it's a fake news story. Believe me. I, I will, I'm willing to bet my livelihood on this. It's fake news. If it comes out to be not fake news, hey, I'm in. Um, I will do a kickflip in the middle of traffic, man. I'll figure something out. Man. We'll make a bet. We'll figure something out. It's I, I, I don't. I don't think a kickflip in the middle of traffic is totally necessary. <laughs> Find me something. I'll. I'll oh. eat a bunch of the spiciest wings at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings for you know the whatever ten of them. Give me. Give me something. I don't care. It's not going to happen because it's fake news. All Thank right. You. Well, you are pretty confident about that. I am pretty confident that we are about to take a quick break. But when we come back, we are going to be talking about our final takes as far as how we feel about the election coming up. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage-inspired clothing, shoes, and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. 
Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf, and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. Welcome back from the break, everyone. We are still joined here with friend Lloyd Ogden. Lloyd, thanks for sticking with us. I wanted to close out this episode by talking about just, just my like overall like takeaway about this election coming up, and I want to hear your opinion as well. So I'm actually going to start with you. You know, as we're coming to a close of this election, like what are some of like some of the overall like takeaways that you have? Like how did how did you feel about this election as far as you know like how it all panned out? You know, like watching the Biden and Trump back and forth, and do you have a hope that there's going to be a a peaceful well whatever comes next after this? Yes, I think that's that's obviously the goal here. Honestly, the the best is yet to come with this election, right? I think that the most important thing to watch out for is like after the election. Will Trump concede the election peacefully? You know, what what will the the transition look like? The the conversation between Joe Biden and and Trump when they're shaking hands, when the, you know, in the White House like Obama versus, you know, and Trump like you remember that you all remember that, right? Like that's going to be the most important story here. Um and then also even after that, like what does it what does it look like for Trump? What's the future for Trump look like? Will he be indicted for you know, any of his uh, transgressions during the presidency, you know, he, he, he's no longer uh, has that guise of presidency where he can be immune to the law. So that's to me, the future is kind of the most important part. We're just in the baby steps, man. Like we don't even have to worry about much now. Let's, let's focus on what will happen in the future and let's see what, like, what will Trump do when he loses? If if he loses, I don't say if when he loses. And then what will Biden do during that uh, process as well? Yeah, I, I, I definitely hear all that. And I hope too that, you know, we have a, a peaceful transition if Biden does win. I've been trying to be very cautious about this because, you know, I, I don't want to be sold on the polls because I don't want to get burned again. I feel like we all got burned in 2016 where you had all those 538 forecasts saying that, you know, Biden has a nine or that Hillary had a 99% chance of winning. I'm just being very cautious about it. I'm, I'm playing the idea that it's not over till it's over. And I also don't want to give people a reason to not vote. I feel like there's a lot of people who didn't vote in 2016 because they were sure that Hillary was going to win. In fact, I know people who told me that. And I've seen many takes of people saying it online. So if you are one of those people who think this election is safe for either candidate, because I know that some people think that Trump's definitely going to win. Do not listen to the polls. Go out and vote. Do not think for a second that this is safe for either candidate. Um, my final takeaway from this election is, I got to tell you, it's disgust. And it is disgust on the half of the Democratic Party who has put forth a candidate who 
basically does not have a really great vision for the future. He just wants to bring everything back to normal, which we are all so, you know, bombarded with how bad 2020 has been that we forgot that before 2020, we weren't really a big fan of where the country was at anyway. So going back to normal, you know, like if this wasn't a coronavirus time, wouldn't be good enough for most of us. It's only good enough at the moment because coronavirus has shaken us all into fear, which is fair given what it has done to this country. But Biden's return to normal strategy isn't good enough for me. It's only worth voting for in this current place in time, in my opinion, because Donald Trump has been such a terrible like representative of governments, in my opinion, not from the policies that he's put forth, just because of the man that he's been while he's held the highest office in our country. I don't feel like people like him should wield power like that. And so I would hope that if Donald Trump does lose this election, that the last thing that we do is try to bring somebody else like him into another leadership position like that well, again that in the future. I, I would hope so. I would hope so. Because the last thing that we need is a smarter version of Trump to ascend to the presidency. Because anyone who is willing to divide the country the way that President Trump has and openly lie about everything that he lies about, I can only imagine someone who's a lot more calculated wielding that level of power and manipulation and what they would do to our country if they were able to. And now sort having of the blueprint. Like every candidate, you know, it sort of sounds like every other candidate. Like, I don't know, like what has really changed with Trump? Not a whole lot, you know? So to me, it sounds like Obama, Bush, uh, Clinton. Uh, it sounds like the last 25 presidents. And I, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a Trump supporter, but you're sounding, you're sounding like, the rest of the presidents sound like the same thing you said. They a more calculated version of that. So, right, but they yeah. weren't really trying to divide the country. I mean, Bush, as I mean, as you know, whatever you think of George W. Bush, he never went out of his way to try to demonize different parts of the country. That wasn't really his thing. Even even after nine eleven, he went out and like slammed against Islamophobia. Like he, I opened- remember him like losing a Supreme Court case, and his comment was like, "You know, I lost the case." I don't like it, but that's the way it is. That's the rule of law, and I, I should accept that. And I was like, wow, that is that is presidential. You know, that's super presidential. Trump is like, well, the, the, this person is so unfair to me, and it's I'm the, the media, and it's like, shut the shut up, dude. Like, <laughs> no, I, I I'm just tired of that level of leadership. So that's that's my final takeaway about all of this. So for all of you out there, you know, we all have our own minds to make up whether you know, like we like this current political environment or we don't like it, but no matter what you feel, please go out and vote. Um, If you are hearing this episode before election day, I hope that you are getting ready to vote if you haven't already voted. If you're hearing this episode after election day, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) But with that- just, Just keep listening. Yeah, just keep listening, but this episode was meant for people before Election Day. Anyway, Lloyd, thank you for coming on to the podcast today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Will you once again just tell everybody where they can find the Lip Service Podcast before we let you go for today? You can find the Lip Service Podcast if you are a local resident on Facebook, but if you're not, you can look at Lloyd Ogden, L-L-O-Y-D-E-O-G-D-E-N on Twitch and Facebook and PSN, actually. You, it's the same name on all of all platforms, right? Lloyd Ogden. You'll find me, Lip Service. Um, you won't just find me. You'll also find my buddy Desmond. You'll find Courtney. You'll find Hunter. And you'll find some newcomers, Holly, possibly uh, Kimberly. We'll, we'll get some people on there. 
I promise you it's worth the look. So give us a, give us a view. All right. Well, Lloyd, thanks again for joining. To everybody else, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, please review the podcast. Leave us a five-star rating, and we will see you all next time.